0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell. Danny Connell,
1: back to throw He's he
0: tight end and Rajah Bell. Bell has won, Twenty-two
2: for Rajah. It's all the future of football right before
3: your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me.
2: What's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell and Rajah Bell. We got a big show to get to. The Home Run Derby was last night. It was fascinating. It had. Drama coming down the wire, a little bit of controversy as well. Uh. David Sampson's going to join us in a little bit to break that down. Uh, Richard Sherman is just throwing his old team under the bus. Surprising. Yeah, it doesn't Uh, surprise me at all. Um, Ton of stuff to get to, but let's start it off with Le'Veon Bell because this has really been an uh, an off-season story that has captivated the NFL for the last couple of years as he's one of the best running backs in the league He's wanted to be paid as such, but because of the NFL system, the way it works, you have to wait for free agency to really get the big dollars. He's been getting the franchise tag. Last year, threatened to hold out, doesn't get there, gets into season, you know, has a pretty good year. Yeah. This year, everybody sounded like it was gonna happen. Tom Mike Tomlin said, I think we're gonna get a deal done. Le'Veon for the first time said, I think we're gonna get a deal done. Clock tick, tick, tick up to four PM yesterday. Deadline goes by. He's gonna play under the franchise tag. And it sounds like this is going to be his last deal as a stealer. They can't get something done.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I typically come from a pro player perspective. I'm all about guys getting their money. Uh, I played in the NBA where it was guaranteed, and so I sympathize to some degree with, with NFL players, even though I know it's the model uh, of being able to be cut and not make that money. Um, so I'm always for a guy trying to get his. I think Le'Veon Bell dropped the ball on this one. Um You're already under the franchise tag making 14 and a half. Um, was it Devontae Freeman's making 8.25? So you're almost double what he's on the franchise tag. Yep. The deal that, that was rumored that he turned down would have netted him what 45 guaranteed in the first three years of the deal. Yeah. Um, you have to have that when you're a 26 year old running back. You are one, you're one lineman rolling sideways on your knee away from never being able to recapture that money at 15 mil a year. You are like, Everyone knows you're the best running back in the league. And, yeah, you could say I want to be paid as the number one back and the number two wide receiver behind um, Antonio Brown on my team. But that's not the way things work. Right. Like, I, I wanted to be paid. I would have loved to have been paid as the CEO of Microsoft, but they didn't pay me as that. I wasn't that. Like, <laughs> right. that's not the way it works. Right. So, so his,
2: Yeah, so it's it's a really tough spot for him to be in. And this is where a player it doesn't have an accurate assessment of his value. And I blame that some on his agent. So his agent uh, came out and told Adam Schefter – his intention was to retire as a Steeler, but now that there's no deal, the practical reality is this now likely will be Le'Veon's last year as a Steeler. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had a similar uh, tweet with the same thought process, basically saying thank you to the Steeler Nation. To all my Steeler fans, my desire always has been to retire a Steeler. Both sides worked extremely hard to make it happen today, but the NFL is a hard business at times. To the fans that had hope, I'm sorry we let you down, but trust me, 2018 will be my best season today. I hope so. I like that. Yeah, no, so I like- He's handled it well from that perspective, but I am with you as far as dropping the ball on where he is. I get he accounted for thirty percent of their offense, huge part of their offense, sure. but he's a running back, and I know he catches some balls, but by the nature of the position, and it's not really fair. It's just kind of how it works you don't make that much of an impact. Like, I get it that you have 30% of the offense, but they're going to go with James Conner. If if he gets hurt, they'll go with the backup running back, and he'll have 26% of the offense. It's just the nature of the position. You're going to get a lot of touches. I get trying to get as much as you can, but I am with you. If you could have had a guarantee of 45 mil, that's a lot in your pocket. Now, he thinks he's going to get this huge payday in a year. That, for me, is when I think the bigger disappointment is going to come. When he hits the open free agent market, I don't think everybody's going to be there to back up the truck for a running back. It's no, just not, it doesn't happen.
3: Um, and and look, the same thing that bites NFL players on the backside at times with with a, a team being able to get out of a deal and get into something more, you know, more flexible for them. Like you could take this three year deal; it's essentially a three year deal for forty five million dollars. Right. If at twenty nine years old you're still a gangster, which It's, it's not happening, but let's say it does. Right. Like you put 45 in the bank as opposed to 14 in the bank this year. Right. You've tripled your money and now you're back. Now you can say, Hey, look, I'm outperforming this. I'm an outlier. I'm 29. I know, but let's go back to the table. Let's restructure this. Give me some more upfront money and hit it again. I just, I agree with you. Like sometimes, you know, your feelings get involved in these processes. It happened to me before. Like when my last time around the block as a free agent, um, my agent had told me, You know, he had locked me into a five-year deal with the Suns. It was more money than I ever thought I would make. I was super happy to get it, but in the middle of that deal, I realized that I was outperforming it by leaps and bounds, and I wanted to be paid again. And so he, be patient, be patient. When it comes around the block, like we're going to hit it out of the park. And the market just wasn't what we thought it was going to be for me uh, on my last deal. And at some point, I had to wrap my mind around that. Right? Do I do I want to get what I can get? And ride off into the sunset. Albeit these are different parts of our career, right? This was towards the twilight of mine. But the point was the same. Like my emotions and my feelings were like, "F you, dude! I'm worth more than that." Right. But they weren't offering more than that. Right. So you you took what
2: you could get. You made the most of it, and you kept it moving. You've got to make the smart business decision, and I feel like that's where he dropped the ball because you're playing a very dangerous game. You're playing a dangerous position, in a dangerous and your shelf, in li- a dangerous sport. and your shelf life, simply is not. You're not a quarterback who can play at he's forty, like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. You're yeah. gonna have a limited window, uh, which does make you like cause Schefter had reported earlier before, and I think this was somebody fed him some information, but somebody uh fed Schefter the information that Le'Veon could sit out half the year, right? I don't think that's gonna happen, especially from you here with his agent and from what Le'Veon is saying. They're saying, "All right, we're gonna we're screw you guys. We're gonna play this year, and then we're gonna bounce." I yeah. think when you say, "I like the way they handled that," like I'm glad that's the approach he's at taking, right. Rather than missing potentially 800 grand a week every why would week you, that he sits out.
3: First of all, how would that, if you're squabbling over dollars, why would you give up half of your salary like that? Right. That doesn't like you're squabbling over that. You right. want the upfront money. Why would you give up seven and change? Um, I would
2: that- I would say you would give up you would give up some for a game to kind of make yeah. your point and get the Steelers a little bit nervous and then see what it's like without you. But to go half a, half a season half your wackage. That makes no sense.
3: And, and it doesn't really it doesn't really I mean now you've got like let's use Kawhi as example. Kawhi is an example of of like how you can start losing a little bit of luster um as 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 this commodity if you're not handling yourself as a professional. Like at some point that becomes the narrative if you're if you're Le'Veon Bell and yeah, everyone knows that it's business, but if you're not going to get out in there, there and play if you don't get your way, I mean Potential suitors could then start to wonder whether, like, you know, are you in this for the right reason? Is this something that we can trust? Is this something that we want as the fabric of our of our community and
2: our locker room? So you know what this does for the Steelers, in my mind? It creates an incredible sense of urgency that they've got to do it this year. Like, to me, for the Steelers, it's win or bust. Like, to win the Super Bowl or bust, especially how close they had last year, how they dropped the ball versus the Jaguars when they started chirping and thinking about the Patriots and totally overlooked them and then got beat in their own backyard. Right. With Ben getting older, with Le'Veon most likely being his last year, just you've got to maximize this year. With Brady getting older, like there's a lot of weaknesses in some of the other teams in the AFC. You've got to make it count now. So this this one, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure he probably got involved a little bit, saying, "Hey, we can we get my guy done? Can we get a deal done?" Now that you don't, you've got to try to do it this season. And it's that for me is the Steelers' mantra it has to be Super Bowl or bust for this team this year. You know whose fault this all is? All this money stuff. It's the NBA's fault. It is. <laughs> Everything's NBA's you, fault. Every time we see NBA free agency open and you start seeing the dollar amounts that NBA okay. players are getting, NFL guys get on the phone with their agent. They get on their phone with their boys, <laughs> and they're like, what are we doing wrong? Like, what is right. the problem? I need to make that type of money. One of those guys been really outspoken is Todd Gurley. So he was on TMZ a couple weeks ago, and you know said, "Hey, we need guaranteed contracts." Then he came out and talked to the LA Times, and he said, "Us NFL players, we're just mad about NBA contracts right now. That's all. I just want like eighty million. These guys are getting like one hundred and fifty million. It's crazy. (laughs) It's insane." And he's right, but the problem is there are such it's such a different dynamic. It really is, and I hate to trust me. I wish we had. Guaranteed contracts in the NFL because I would have about $10 million in my pocket (laughs) more than I, you know, like it's just, it's not you. And the thing is, there's no, there's nothing prohibiting you from doing a guaranteed contract. Like you can do it if you have the leverage. Kirk Cousins just did it. Right. He gambled, took a three year deal, gets it all fully guaranteed. A lot of guys aren't willing to take that risk. Uh, but it's apples to oranges. First of all, the rosters are significantly smaller in the NBA and you're playing more games. Yeah. You have more TV time to, Put up there for the, you know, the, the, to the the rights deal. So you have more opportunity to make money. It's just, it's hard to grasp because NFL guys say, Hey, we're all professional athletes, but it really is apples to oranges when you look at it.
3: It is. I mean, look, Todd, I feel you because I wish I was partaking in some of these NBA (laughs) contracts that were
2: (laughs) like, I, and I had
3: guaranteed money. Yeah, you got a lot of But the contracts now have exploded to the point where like, I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, but the, the NFL it exists because of the the flexibility that they have uh, with the contracts and the non guarantees and the and the hard cap and so while you want um, the money that NBA players are making like your world doesn't exist in the NBA in under the NBA model. It just doesn't. It it it, it changes everything about the sport and the league that, that you play in. And so dude, I hear you. I want that bread too. Like I'm in the gym right now rehabbing trying to get back in <laughs> No. No, but it just doesn't work. Like it's just set up completely different. They're two different models.
2: Well there is one position that makes some of that money. Debo throw up that graphic real quick because it is the quarterbacks. It really is. And if you look at the highest paid quarterbacks or the highest paid players in the NFL, it's all quarterbacks. Where you have a mix of positions in the NBA, it's just the best players on the team right. get the most money, where the quarterbacks command the most. But I think even this, when you look at just the top five salaries alone per year, they don't come close to what the NBA total length of contract, like when you're, and that's what Gurley's referring to, when, you know, Stafford's deal, I think was the guarantee was around 90 or something like that, and you're getting Almost double that if you're Steph Curry or if you're any of these other players, and they're getting the 200 million dollars now for the NBA deals, it's just not even close. But I don't think it ever will get to that point either. So uh, it's going to be, and it's it's just a different. And the, it's the, it's the NFL players' fault because they did have some leverage during the last CBA when they were at the table and they were trying to get more of the piece of the pie, sure. the revenue share. And instead of going after more money and using and threatening like Le'Veon's doing, saying, "Hey, we're going to hold out. We're not going to play." They negotiated with practice time, with off-season workouts, yeah. with who, know, was, who was Who was leading practices. the NFLPA
3: PA at that point? Was that Demaris?
2: It was. But see, here's my problem with the NFL, and I was a player rep. Yeah. They need to hire better people to negotiate. There are too many players at the table, and the players basically dressed up and played businessman sure. and tried to go toe-to-toe with billionaires who are cutthroat and used to cutting hard deals right. where they need to make really tough decisions. And the players feel like they got a win because they didn't have to go to, you know, they can report later to camp. You got the
3: win that they wanted you to have. Exactly. I, I yeah.
2: guarantee you the, the owners were in the back rooms high-fiving, saying, can you believe they gave <laughs> us that? And all we had to give up was some practice time. Yeah. And the sad thing about it, it makes for a worse product in the field because the players actually need those practices to get better. Uh, but, you know, it'll – and that's why I think that the players might strike again. In the next couple, what of years is the
3: solidarity like in the? I mean, I was too young to remember like that whole. Uh, there were replacement players at one point in the NFL, right? Yeah. What, what year it's was that?
2: Way back. I mean, that
3: was right. I was too young to really remember that. But right. like the NBA, when we had our last, uh when we locked out, I, I didn't, what year was that? That was uh ten or eleven, something yeah. like that. That was but, a
2: shortened season, right? Which is actually kind of cool. Yeah,
3: it was all right. We we didn't we didn't really beef, but we you know guys got it was really interesting to sit in those collective bargaining meetings or sit in our player rep meetings and see, you know, there'd be a group of guys that were, like, together. Like, there's solidarity here. We're all in it for the same cause. And then you'd have the one dude, like, yo, bro, I just want to play, man. I need that money. And, like, all it takes is one week link in that. Right. And to, to, to have the other, you know, the other guy sitting in the corner who's with the group, May kind of need to check, say, yeah, 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 I want that money too. Now you right. got two week links. And same then it's like, same
2: exact situation. Like, oh my with God. A, with a player rep. Same yeah. exact situation. Guys had different priorities. Look, I was a player rep because you got to go to Hawaii. Right. Like that right. was, <laughs> I wanted to win the vote. The meetings were in Hawaii. Yeah. I would say that was why 70 to 80% of guys were player reps because you got to do the meetings in Hawaii. Right. It was a free trip. <laughs> um, all right. So you have beautiful teeth. Did you know that? Uh, thanks. You no know I- why. I think it's because you brush your teeth correctly. Did you know that the truth is that most of us are brushing our teeth wrong? Really? Yeah, not for long enough, and we forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So you might ask, what makes Quip different? Well, for starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. My favorite part of it, talk about how long you brush your teeth, it's got a timer on it, a two-minute timer. That's Dennis Recommended at Guiding Pulses, which help you remind when to switch sides. I mean, it basically does it all for you. It's really easy, simple to use. Uh, kids love it, too. It keeps it clean. It has a suction that goes right on your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. So how do you get it? Quip starts at $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash bench right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash bench, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash bench. All right, I don't know if you saw this. I did, and I think we might have a new coworker here at CBS. So you got to see this. This is LeBron hanging in Vegas yep. right, with his guy Maverick Carter, Floyd Mayweather. This is quite the crew. Uh, So let's check it out. You have to see this.
3: You have to see it.
2: Now look very closely at the detail. Charged hey, he it for you, huh? Is hey, there a chance yo. he's coming to be on the,
3: the off the bench oh, podcast? You didn't know I bu- I booked that. You didn't know that's, did? that's Friday. We're gonna I, have a- <laughs> that'd
2: be great. Look at Oakley back there. I guess didn't he just get like I know he got, he got caught cheating speak. in a casino. Open <laughs> one oh, that know night. What he was thinking there, and I'm sure Floyd is just throwing around dollar like not dollar bills. Do you see the watch? Oh yeah, that's uh that's I. I love CBS Sports, but I'd rather have that watch that, uh, that Floyd's rocking. I'm taking the hat. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of NBA dudes, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is always a guy who's always had endorsements. He's had stuff going on. He has not character. A, he's got a new ha- hobby out there. Yeah. Did you know that? He's a DJ. Not a new one though. He's oh, he's been, been doing it yes, for a while. Been, I knew been, he had yes. the rap skills. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, you have to hear this. You
0: have to hear
2: it.
1: Hercules, sunset. That
2: is epic right there. That is so great, and it just makes that beef so much more entertaining. Like, those dudes go at it, and you wonder if they ever cross the line because they go places like they they go about championships. you You know, you weren't any good in the playoffs, you don't have any rings, they talk about weight, like all the stuff. I think
3: would have a really big problem with. Yeah. And they just laugh it off. He, uh, so that's some of that's very, very real. They got a great relationship. The show was fantastic. But do you remember, like, those two scrapped. Like, they yeah. got into a fight. Like, so, you ha- you have to know, like, when you fight with a dude who's not your brother, there's, it's always gonna be, like, kinda under the surface. Yeah. Like, you guys, oh, yeah. you guys can be it's cool. There. You can figure it out. But when push comes to shove and a little beef starts, like, it is right there. Um but that's what makes it so great to watch and listen to.
2: That was that's where I wonder if sometime they're just gonna lose it like it's just, just gonna cold. cross that Oh, line. that would be so fantastic! If it, like if it, it'd be must watch television. Like that video would go viral
3: forever. They need to do like a rebounding drill. You know how they have that <laughs> set in the background yes. and let them actually start to bump and grind a little bit. <laughs> exactly.
2: Did you know you can get the best highlights and biggest sports stories right in your inbox every morning with the CBS Sports HQ newsletter? Yep, that's right. You can. It's packed with all the good stuff, and you need to see before you start your day. Just go to CBSSports.com slash HQDaily to subscribe. Let's get to Rajah for some Read and React. Read and React. Okay.
3: Bryce Harper dramatically wins the home run derby. I walked off. In National Park, he was the hometown hero. He beat out Kyle Schwarber, who had 18 home runs in the final round. Uh, the longest coming to 453 feet. Harper hit 19 home runs in his final round. The longest coming at 473 feet.
2: I was down on this. I was like, "Ah, oh, is it going to be any good?" They didn't have any star power except for Bryce Harper, and I could not have been more wrong. This thing was fascinating. Came down to the wire. Harper was behind Schwarber, who's another pretty recognizable name in the uh, in, in baseball. And he hits like nine home runs consecutively in the last minute of the drill, but it wasn't without controversy. And I, don't, I have two things, two questions. I don't know why this rule is in place, okay. but if you're going to have it, you need to enforce it. So you're supposed to, when you hit your home run, you have to wait for it to land before you can throw the next pitch. Ah. Enforcing it. And I'm like, this is a dumb rule. Like, why do you care? Like right. it doesn't, it didn't make sense to me why they did it. But all of a sudden, when Bryce Harper has a minute left, and that's a that's not much time to hit nine home runs, his dad starts, you know, just going. They were just good got in that them. rhythm, and they start going in the flow. But I guarantee you, Rob Manfred himself, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, was in that umpire's ear saying, yeah. don't you dare call anything on this. Let it go. Let it go. Sure enough, he comes back, has this miraculous come from behind. It was a great moment for baseball, who's taken its lumps. I thought it was huge for the sport.
3: Baseball needed the win. They got it. Um, But it's interesting you say that real quick because I was watching Schwarber and I was watching um, the guy throw pitches to Schwarber, and I didn't know the rule. And I was like, why is he taking so much time (laughs) in between pitches?
2: Right. Yeah, that's interesting. It makes no sense to me why they did that rule. I think they should uh, get rid of it. Speaking of, it was his dad who was throwing to him, which I thought was like, that's every dad's dream. like That's how you grow up. You throw in the backyard and to be out there at the home run derby, like the pinnacle of the sport, Yeah, really cool. But I – one, like, just a little side note, prize like, lose the bandana. You don't like the bandana. Bring the bandana back like him, Baker, Mayfield, all these dudes. Yeah. It's not a good look. Guys that don't, they, don't know, they rub you the wrong way, apparently. there's something about them. All right.
3: Well, da- speaking of dad's pitching, all right, let's, let's move on to another pitcher. Um, Jacob DeGrom's agent to the Mets. All right, extend him or trade him. Uh, we've discussed Jacob's future with the Mets at length. Jacob has expressed interest in exploring a long-term partnership that would keep him in a Mets uniform for years to come. If the Mets don't share the same interest, we believe their best course of action is to seriously consider trade opportunities now. The inertia of current situation could complicate Jacob's relationship with the club and creates an atmosphere of indecision.
2: The inertia Mm. of current situation could Mm. complicate Jacob's relationship with the club. That's an interesting line right there from his agent. This is him trying to get out of a bad situation. The Mets have been atrocious uh, again this season. He's currently thirty. It's his fifth year in the league. There's two weeks till the trade deadline. I mean, that's why it's happening now. His agent's trying to say, "Hey, do something." They're trying to create some sort of leverage. Right. But ultimately, the Mets own him. Like they don't have to make a move now. If you start floating this out there, maybe teams start calling and saying, "Hey, do you guys have any interest in trading for him?" You know, if we give you these pieces, will you make a move? Then it's good for Jacob Degrom. But ultimately, he, it's like we were talking about Le'Veon. He's at a point in his career right now where he doesn't have a whole lot of leverage.
3: Well. I mean, you got to create what you can create, yeah. right? Like, yeah, you, you gotta start try to do it. Maybe yep. the inertia gets it gets it moving a little bit. Yep. Um, all right, how about this one? Kyler Murray is not the starting quarterback just yet. It had been widely presumed that Murray would be. Uh, the one to replace Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield as the Sooners signal caller at Big 12 media days. Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley says Kyler's not the quarterback yet. There's a really good competition going on, and Kyler's going to have the fight like crazy to win his job.
2: Ah, want to my biggest laugh. Like my <laughs> biggest laugh out loud of this is a coach trying to make it sound like there's a quarterback battle because Kyler Murray is going to be the quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. No coach wants everybody to know that at this point in time. They want right. to try to keep the opposing defenses guessing. They don't want Kyler Murray to get comfortable as the starter. They want him to have to work for it through camp. But everybody and their brother knows Kyler Murray is going to be the starter. And good, and he's going to be a rich starter, too, because he got paid from the Oakland A's I'm gonna, getting drafted in that first round. He's got about five million reasons to have a lot of fun this year. I am so jealous of this dude. Getting to play minor league baseball now, then he's going to waltz in there, go into camp. He's going to be the starter at Oklahoma. Go like this was what I envisioned you being able to do. Like, you go out there, you play Texas, you get the big win, yep. and then you fly back to Oklahoma, and you're like, the Rounds are on me. Like, let's go, <laughs> that is what he's going to get to do. Like, every quarterback's dream is to be able to do that. Any player's dream in college, are you kidding me? Yeah, be the hero to
3: have been in college with some money to burn would have oh. been like incredible. <laughs> exactly. Um. All right, let's move on to a segment called Move the Needle. Move the Needle. All right. College football media day is about to crack open. SEC does full day, four full days in Atlanta, followed by the Big 12. ACC does two days in Charlotte, Big 10 in Chicago, and the Pac-12. Does this move the needle?
2: Uh, we need the graphic. We're going to get that up coming soon. The graphic that goes, the little needle, what comes up and down. It moves the needle. You know why? Not because it's the SEC. Not because, although my Twitter timeline, it moves the needle for sure because I start getting guys chirping left and right about the SEC, blah, blah, blah but it means we're closer to college football season that's why it gets the needle moving just a little bit it starts to tick upwards just a little bit
3: no dude that moves the needle for me. i love college football and like, i you know it, so it does you're ready of course go. Dude, at this point in the summer like when when like the home run competition the home run derby's like the the hottest thing out there like i'm thirsting for college football right now so to know that the media days right around the block like right. it moves the
2: needle so there was also the big 12 media days is going on as well they have yeah. a new slogan they've been burned by slogans before I don't, The hardest, hardest pass bad. of the college football. Is this really what you want to promote? Like, Is yeah. this what you want to say? Like, hey, guys, come to our conference where it's the toughest one to get to the right. college football playoff. I get what they're saying, but they've been burned. They, whoever's doing their slogans, like the company needs to be fired. That's worded They poorly. also had one true champion. Was their previous slogan? Do you know what happened? Mm. They had co-champions the first year they come out with that. When their slogan was one true champion, they've got to do a better job out in the Big 12. Come on, guys. You've got to do better than that.
3: All right. Richard Sherman do his comments move the needle mistakes and poor judgment on things ruin what could have been a really special deal they've lost their way it's as simple as that they've just lost their way when you make too many mistakes over a long period of time you can kind of dig yourself a hole and then when you backtrack you got to make a bunch of rash decisions to try and fill the hole and hope that it holds up
2: (laughs) this is such the disgruntled former you know player of your organization and Richard Sherman is not afraid to speak his mind. But I cannot wait to see what happens when the Seahawks play the 49ers. Like, it was already going to be interesting to see, you know, does Russell Wilson go after him? Does he try to throw on him? I think this is going to make it that much better. Yeah. But I think his, his comments are misguided because I think what the Seahawks are doing is very clear. They're getting out with the old and in with the new. They got rid of Michael Bennett. Marshawn Lynch has been long gone. They're getting rid of uh, Richard Sherman. Like, they're saying, all right, we're going to give some money into the offensive side of the ball. We're going to try to help Russell Wilson. He is he is the face of the franchise, and it's no longer the Legion of Boom. Right? So they're going to try to develop and get some younger guys to to raise up through there. So I think his comments are misguided. Although it's not the only issue that Seattle has, because one of the guys that's left over from the uh, Legion of Boom is Earl uh, Thomas. He wants to get paid, so it's just yet another guy. He said, "I've always been the underdog. Ain't nothing new. Extend if you don't want me. Let's make a trade happen. I understand it's a biz." Man, these—it's the NBA's yeah. fault. I'm telling you, it's all the NBA's fault. These guys want the huge money. He does have some leverage though, because he, with all those guys gone and Camp Chancellor injured, the other safety in that defense, they need Earl Thomas. And so I would, I would be careful off in the Seahawks with this one. I would start maybe amp, ramping up those contract talks for him for
3: but sure. Earl Thomas, get him locked up. Yeah. All right, last one. Does soccer after the World Cup move the needle for you at all? We have Ronaldo to Juventus. Lots of player movement expected. Wayne Rooney starting up with D.C. United.
2: This is the needle. (laughs) This would be the good
3: needle? Yeah. Like a little bit? Like right here. That's where you're at with the needle?
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be very much. I mean, the the Ronaldo trade, the money that they paid for him was pretty eye-opening. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be dialed in to watching soccer much now that the World Cup is gone. Like I'll... I'll at least have some more familiar, familiarity with the players. Like, I'll recognize Mbappe. Sure. I No, no idea who that dude was before the tournament. So, I mean, it, I'll recognize him. But I'm not tuned in to watch DC United because- No, Wayne Rooney? I mean- Or Wayne Rooney's a character. Like past his prime? Oh, for sure, past his prime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but a character it's nonetheless. Basically like the senior <laughs> tour. Like, I don't watch a lot of senior <laughs> golf either. Uh, cause I like to see you guys do it in their prime. Is he a funny dude? Like, Uh, yeah, like a, like a
3: pub, like oh. pub fights and like, like he's like a soccer hooligan that was a really good soccer player type right. of personality.
2: Welcome back to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. Uh, let's bring in our guy David Sampson, man, because we I was totally wrong about the Home Run Derby. I thought it was dying. I thought it was going to be a just another ho-hum night for baseball, and I could not have been more wrong. Did Bryce Harper save the Home Run Derby?
0: No, I think he continued the momentum. Go back over the last three years. Giancarlo Stanton in San Diego was unbelievable in 16. Last year, what Aaron Judge did in Miami was incredible and epic, and the fact is the Home Run Derby, Maybe better than the all-star game Wait to see tonight But he didn't save it Hold He continued the that, greatness
2: That moment was way bigger That might go back to the Hamilton moment Like the 10 years ago at Yankee Stadium I thought that was an epic like star breaking out He's already a superstar But I thought it was that big of a deal for baseball Like You think it's just kind of the same as what we've seen?
0: It, it's a continuation In 364 days we're going to do this show And I'm going to ask you Who did Bryce Harper beat in the finals of last year's home run derby? And you're going to scratch your head and not remember, just like we don't exactly remember who Aaron Judge beat or who did Josh Hamilton beat. But what we do remember is that it was won and it was exciting. And what I loved is the way Bryce Harper put on a show because he's an entertainer and he knows that baseball is entertainment. It's not about his free agency. All these columns are coming out today. He saved his free agency. Now he's going to make $400 million when before he wasn't. <laughs> Everything's great and perfect for the Nationals now. Guess what? Just because you have a fun night out doesn't mean you wake up and all of your problems from the day before are over.
3: Yeah, do you imagine? like I, I, It reminds me of the Michael Jordan moment. What was that, like the 88? The like when he free throw line, slam dunk, beating Dominique Wilkins. Like MJ stamped his passport as like superstar. And I know Bryce Harper in, in like traditional baseball guys. You guys know what he does, but the average fan is just like a stamp on, like, superstar and Bryce Harper, here I am.
0: If it had been one of the other guys, I think it would have been a stamp. But, again, Bryce Harper, hes has <laughs> been on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a high schooler. Yeah. He's the chosen one. I don't one. remember that. Well, because, what, were you reading the sporting news? No, but I mean, like, just,
3: I mean, I'm I'm talking about, like, a, a generic baseball fan. I will tune in for the playoffs. Like, I'm not, I don't know ERAs and stuff like that. Like, Bryce Harper is on everything this morning. Like, so for a guy like me, and I see those... So those highlights and him acting the fool out there with his dad and the moment looked great. Like for me, I'm in now with Bryce Harper.
0: His dad looked like a lumberjack, didn't he? Like I was totally scared of his dad. I had no idea. We look when we're scouting players, we definitely look at their provenance, like it's a piece of art. So you look at the parents and you try to just see what's happening, which is why it was always funny. Giancarlo Stanton's father is this small guy, and his mother's this small guy, and then you've got this monster. But if you think about Bryce Harper's dad, that's that's good genes. But he's very popular. He's out front. He's doing Gatorade commercials. And He's out there doing much more than most players. That was the issue with the Derby. It was basically Bryce Harbour and a cast of nobodies. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, did some of the other people help? Reese Hoskins got a national stage, did very well, sort of oh. like Justin Bour. Yeah. You look at what Baez did, and then you think about, hey, can Schwarber end up becoming maybe the next great Cub in terms of popularity? Who knows any of those things? From MLB standpoint, they want eyes. They want impressions. They want clicks. And we got that with the drama.
2: Are you in or out on the headband? I'm out. I'm so far out on the headband for Bryce Harper. I think it's an awful
0: look. I, get, I want to see I headgear. The agent needs to call him. Yeah, exactly. I want to see a hat. Get a I want to see out. him wear a hat. I don't like when players. And I'm not a traditionalist by any stretch. But I didn't like when, like when Griffey wears hat backwards. Hey. I don't like that. I want. I want to look school. I, I, old school in that way. I love the patriotic nature of it. Yeah. I love the fact that he was so into it. I get it. But for me, I want to have a look because I want to sell stuff. And unless I've licensed those headbands, then I'm not getting anything. I wanted him to wear a special. Hey, let me tell you something. It's about money. Yeah, Can we story. say that? Yeah, yeah. Can I say that on the air I'm on this channel? About money, yeah. It's about money. I'm not selling those headbands. I want to sell hats.
2: All right. So the All Star Games tonight. What uh, what are you looking for? Like I I think you know normally we talk about the starting pitcher. I mean it's a great matchup, but they're only going to pitch what basically would amounts to a bullpen, right? You know, maybe one, maybe two innings.
0: Well, it'll definitely be one, but one or two innings. And it, listen, it, it's it's a show. I'm looking for a moment. That's it. Last year when Nelson Cruz took a selfie at the plate with the umpire Joe West, that was a moment. I'm looking for something that's going to be a little different, not necessarily a single to right field or a home run, things that we see on a general everyday basis. I want something different. I want something memorable that I can hang on to to remember the game. Last year in Miami, we hosted it. I did it. I didn't even remember the score a week ago. I had to go back and look, but I remembered the selfie. So I'm looking for that tonight.
3: Who wins tonight?
0: I think you got to say the American League is going to win because I just think about their lineup, and I think about the depth of what they do, and it reminds me of the NBA's Western Conference. It's just so deep, one to nine. I just love it, and I, I, yeah, I'm i a National stacked. League guy. but
2: They're stacked. Stacked. Do you, uh, do you know how many managers you fired in 15 years with the Marlins? Do you know the number? Brother, I am asked. I am
0: asked this a lot, generally at bars, only after the third drink, and I get it wrong. I want to say that in fifteen years. Well, I was in the game eighteen years, so don't forget about the Expos oh, guys. I, did you count those I guys? Oh, no, this, this is only the Oh, because we fired Felipe <laughs> Lou year one. I'm going to say it's got to be thirteen.
2: Ten was the number we got from Debo. Our, our research department came up with ten. So you are an. God, that's so many. <laughs> So you are an expert at firing managers, and the St. Louis Cardinals just fired theirs, Mike Matheny. There's the whole rundown list of that, starting with Jeff Torborg and going all the way up through uh, Dan Jennings. Mike
0: so Matheny. that's just Marlins managers. Yeah, those
2: are just the Marlins, yeah. So that's pretty, a pretty nice laundry list right there of names. But So you know about what goes into it. So Mike Matheny getting fired for the Cardinals, good or bad move?
0: It's a fine move. Listen, we fired a guy in 03, and we ended up winning the World Series. We fired a bunch of other guys, as you see on that list. <laughs> it's like a list is your life, and it didn't work. Matheny, I've known him a very long time. He has a, a shelf life, yeah. and his shelf life was ending. And you guys know you were playing. Sometimes you just tune out your coach. It's enough. No matter how good he is, X's and O's, or strategically speaking, at some point it's just enough. The Cardinals, for me, were panicked because they've had a few years of underperformance, not being in the postseason. They felt this was their only chance to try to salvage this season. But I think it's a move that reeks of desperation.
3: I, I played for a guy, Larry Brown, shelf life. Perfect example. So my question is, like, I, I know what it feels like in the locker room. What does it look like? Uh, from an executive office, how do you know that
0: guys have tuned out a Larry Brown or a Mike Matheny? Is it a body language thing? Is it an on-field? So we're in the clubhouse quite a bit, and we're also watching the game. We're watching the dugout. We're watching the players. We're watching the signs from when the manager is doing this, 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 to the third base coach. We're watching how the players react to it. We're watching sort of the the eyes. Yeah. So we 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 watch baseball differently than fans. And and we talk about that. We're not necessarily looking – sometimes a six four three double play is a really well-struck ball where the hitter was doing exactly what we wanted him to do. And sometimes we'll option a player who went three for four with two home runs and a triple because it was absolutely not what we were looking for. The approach was wrong. So it's not just a result-based thing, shockingly, in baseball. There's so much more going on. Mm-hmm. When I think about from the front office, when you know it's time, you can feel it. It's one of those things, how do you know when you're in love? Yeah. You just you feel it. You feel like it's right. It may not last forever, but at that moment you feel it and that's really how you do a manager. It's not analytical.
2: You know, it's probably not a good sign when he's not speaking to his outfielder right. Dexter Fowler. Like that's probably not a good sign. Like I don't think you need to look very far for that one. Um the AL East race has been phenomenal so far. Who do you trust more to win that division, the Yankees or Red Sox?
0: If the Yankees acquire a number one starter. I was talking to Bill Ryder about this last night on the air. The Yankees need to do something. If you're asking me right now, the current 50 guys, 25 in each team, I think the Red Sox prevail. If the Yankees acquire not Jay Happ but a top-of-the-rotation guy, I think they can overtake the Red Sox. So many good things happen for the Red Sox this year so far. Can Mookie Betts actually play better in the second half than he did in the first half? Is it possible that there'll be some regression? I think there will be. If there's no regression, he's going to win the MVP over Trout, and the Red Sox will win that division.
2: Do you think either one of those teams are better than the Astros?
0: No pitching in a 7 game series. Right. Any given Sunday, anyone can win that. But for me, the World Series is still the Astros.
3: So again, I uh, you got to forgive me, but I was looking at the pitching stats, right? And you got Boston and you got New York and they're like 1 and 2. And so when I hear you guys talk about the Yankees needing another arm, they're number 2 in pitching in the AL. Like this is purely about in a playoff series The aces are the ones that are going to get it done. Is this what I'm – like this is it. You have to have – win
0: four games. This is how we plan. You plan. There's two things. You have to get to October. Right. And when you have a great offense, you can get to October. But to get through October, you need pitching and you need depth of rotation. So right now the Yankees could be number two. That's fine. But I'm looking at a four-game series. I'm looking at the Astros lined up, the Yankees lined up. Yep. And I'm taking the Astros every single Your time. Guy against my guy. There's not one matchup where the Yankees have the advantage in a seven-game series. Yeah,
2: it's pretty – the Astros staff is just filthy. Uh What about the National League? You have a favorite there? I mean, this race seems a lot more wide open.
0: I have the Nationals going to the World Series. So what I'm really hoping is that Brian Harper rides this home run. Oh, no, we're done. There's no way the Nationals can do it. I just don't think – the Cubs are deeper. The Dodgers are playing well. If Max Muncy keeps going, they've got some good offense. They have a lot of good pieces in L.A. Kershaw's back healthy if he stays healthy. Jansen's back doing well at the back end of the bullpen. You have to believe it's going to be one of the Cubs or Dodgers. I hate to go with the odds. Sometimes Vegas is right, and I think that's accurate.
2: Who wins the Manny Machado sweepstakes?
0: I keep wondering whether he's really going to get traded. Really? We've talked about this together. The Orioles are so dysfunctional. It's so hard to trade with them. We spent so much time on the phone with their GMs over the years thinking we had a deal. Then the owner says no. Then the president says no. Then he says yes. You're going back and forth. It's enough to drive you crazy that you don't want to deal with them at all. People want to rent Machado. I think the Orioles may be unrealistic in what they want to get for Machado. He's a three-month guy, and that's it. You're paying him a lot of money, and I still say some of these teams need pitching. If I had to choose one team – I think the Phillies, because Middleton, their owner, he has this weird desperation for jewelry. He wants to feel what it would be like to get back to the glory days of 08 and 09, which were not under his watch. And he thinks they're ahead of where they actually were supposed to be, so he may try to go all in. All right. Chase Utley, speaking of the Phillies, uh, two-part question. Does, does that
3: get the Phillies in the race for you if they get Machado? And then in, in terms of a uh, uh, Philly retiring, is Chase Utley
0: a Hall of Famer? So let's do the second one first. I have a lot to say on the Hall of Fame. It's become uh, uh, more of a popularity contest than it should. And if the media doesn't like you, you don't get in. If the media likes you, you have a better chance to get in. It's sort of manufactured over what year you'll get in and first-year eligibility. In other years, in the old days, Chase Utley is not a Hall of Famer. He's a great, great player. The way the Hall of Fame is being constituted these days, I think he will get in. He has had consistent performance over many, many years and he is one of the best. He's got a ring, but I don't know that he would have been a Hall of Famer, but he is now. Got it.
2: All right. Let's finish off some rapid fire, some superlatives here. Okay. Worst team in baseball?
0: <laughs> Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. 39 and a half back. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was They're thinking about such running the team. Otter, which makes no sense. They should be sitting on nobody. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, best trade candidate not named Manny Machado.
0: For me, I'm going to stick with Jacob DeGrom. Because I want the Mets to do what's right and to trade him. Forget what his agent said yesterday if you read those comments and talked about him. It was pretty big. Agents in baseball do that kind of thing, and they do it purposefully. But the Mets could get a King's ransom, and they need that. Most likely manager to be fired next. Most likely manager to be fired next. I am going to say Buck Showalter. (laughs) Ooh, <laughs> and I think that happens at the end, and I think it happens at the end of the season.
2: All right, bat, this is my favorite one: best clubhouse prank you ever saw.
0: <laughs> that I can. Uh, ha-
2: I know. I see you debating uh, whether to share. You know, this. On it's, the st- it's
0: I'm still under contract with the Marlins, <laughs> oh, so got, just for a careful. few more months. Be the best prank we ever did is we, we had to you make rookies dress up for one road trip. And way back in the day, we had our rookies dress up as Hooters girls, right? <laughs> I that. Right now, we can't really discuss it. I can't tell you what was going on behind the scenes because – There was a big
2: stink about it, right? Like people didn't
0: people like – People lost their minds. So- but when we had – the Hooters go- rookies <laughs> going through the hotel lobby. That was the reaction was totally unbelievable. So
2: we have to wait a couple months for the it,
0: real deep. Yeah. The <laughs> only thing I'll tell you is it involves showers and lack of towels. <laughs> All
2: right. Perfect. That's a great tease for a couple months. We're going to have you back on, but uh, thanks a lot, David Sampson for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you guys. All right. Welcome back to Off the Bench. We have some really good topics today. I'm excited about this one. So topics. Debo, yeah. What do you got
1: for us? Topics. So you pay a billion and one dollars to get motivational speaking advice from Tiger Woods. You better at least get an F-bomb. And Tiger delivered on that. I can't control you. The only thing I can control is me. Now, if I do this more efficiently than you, if you get intimidated, that's your own (laughs) issue.
2: (laughs) Was this real? Like, are we confirmed this is real audio? Because I thought it was edited, like one of these dudes. Because there have been some really fun ones. Fun with Phil Mickelson last week was talking about chipping, and then I saw the real and the edited one, and they like dropped some f bombs in there. Do we know if this is real, Debo? Like for sure? That's what I'm. T- I don't. That's what I don't know. If it is, it's awesome. Like some of the best video I've ever seen. I would pay to go to one of those. Like I don't know how
3: much <laughs> I would pay, but I, I would pay like. Typically, i want to know what makes like those guys tick right yeah right because it's not your skill set that separates you when you're talking about the highest level of doing anything right really. right it's it's what's between your ears you know it's the mentality that you have and so anytime you could
2: get like a glimpse into that i think it's pretty cool i want some more of this unfiltered tiger too like i want to see this this is the new tiger we're getting like you I like know, the i Just back a little bit though yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a little bit yeah, and that's a, a little uh british open right. preview later in the week so yeah we'll get to that
1: We might see a little bit of unfiltered Aaron Rodgers on the Discovery Channel next week because we learned yesterday that he's afraid of heights and sharks, not afraid of cornerbacks, linebackers, defensive linemen. But he hopped in this water with a blue shark during Shark Week. What's wrong with him, though?
2: Yeah, with like I'm sure the Packers are thrilled with this one, bro. He like he went in with the blue shark with the mako a mako white like oh, he went in with tripping. the three biggest like scariest sharks around without that are the cage around. yeah oh, and like, i think his suit was the kind where you can bite it like the chain links I suit. don't give a damn <laughs> i am with you 100% and he talked about it with Peter King uh for his like article that he did and he said like he was instructed like to keep eye contact with the white and the and the Mako, but if the blue came up to him, he was supposed to like bat it away. Yeah, and he said he had just batted that shark away. Like nah. it came that close to him, where he nah. had to bat him away. Nah, you know, would you get in a cage with sharks? No, you're not going anywhere near what... sharks.
3: Listen again, I asked the question: What good can come from it?
2: You get to experience no, nature that's not... like no. no one else ever nope. does. before. I can look at you from the boat. I wanted to go uh, to get in the cage with the sharks on our honeymoon. My wife and I were in South Africa, and she was terrified; wouldn't do it. So we Uh, we missed that opportunity once in a lifetime. But I have seen sharks go over the top. So now I'm like, maybe it was a good quick story. In Bimini, um, spearfishing with
3: my dad and two of my best friends, Um, I get buzzed by a shark. It's off on my peripheral. It's just a big shadow at first, right? And then I see it, right? And everything, I thought I was like the best friend and son in the world. Except at that moment, I did not open my mouth to tell anybody there was a shark, I just start swimming towards the boat with my eyes locked on the shark. Right. right. So it swims off in, onto the horizon. Like I can't see it anymore. The water blurs. Only when I get out of the boat and on the boat and into safety do I yell to everybody else. And I'm like, hey, guys, I don't want to alarm anybody, but there's <laughs> there's a shark in the water. You need
2: to go nuts and tell them to get out. And you're like, um, that's like the old
3: thing. I've
1: d- never lived it down.
2: You don't have to be fast. You just have to be
1: faster than you the next guy there. Than, than one of you. Yeah. <laughs> My biggest takeaway is that Shark Week is still a thing. I wasn't aware of that. Um, But the last topic today, we mentioned it a couple times before. Bryce Harper won the home run derby, but that might not have been the resounding storyline. It was his dad, and finally we get to see the picture of Ron Harper. I'm saying if the roles were reversed, (laughs) now Ron was Bryce's pitcher. If the roles were reversed, how many home runs would Ron hit? Look at those arms!
2: I mean, this dude is jacked up. Those are some serious buys and tries work. I mean, yeah, like,
1: yeah some pipes.
2: Yeah, I want to see his legs though. Like, is he, I, cause I have a, I have a hunch he skips, he skips legs there. Yeah, I think leg uh, day doesn't count. Body strength. There. <laughs> I think it's absolutely that's all he's doing right there. Uh But good for Bryce Harper. I was at, like that moment, and he thanked his dad. It was pretty emotional. Yeah, uh, for him to get up there and do that, it was pretty cool. Uh, all right. I mentioned uh, the British Open preview. I think we're going to have Mark Immelman come on uh, oh, sweet. to help us break that down, to see if Tiger can get it done. The course looks like it's playing really fast. Uh, so we're going to do that later in the week. But uh, until then, make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Canel & Bell.